Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, welcome to a new day of Fresh Hop Cinema, everybody. This is episode 101 of a podcast about craft beer and film. That's Johnny Summers. My God. You introduced me, you old dirty old man. That's Max. Hey, we're uh, we're very excited to be back here. If you're just tuning in for the first time, we really appreciate you coming. It's been a, a real fun run. Coming? For, for they... coming to your phone and clicking on this app and then clicking our specific podcast because we're sure you have a bunch. Letting us come into your ears. <laughs> um, uh, very excited to be back. It's been a... Uh, interesting week here in Chico. We'll get into that in a little bit. But on that note, we are a Chico, California-based podcast, and we cover two craft beers and one movie every single week. Uh, this week, we are covering an animated film called Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's a sequel to a film that came out, I think, six years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we're going to get into all that a little bit later. Uh, important thing to note is that we do not spoil our movies without giving you a huge heads up. The first thing we do, though, is talk about our very first beer. I was going to say, we'll spoil your appetite. Yeah, maybe. Or we'll get you real hungry or thirsty. Uh, in any case, this is, feels like the first time in a while that I have had no idea what beers we're drinking until you brought them. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Thank you for giving me my first pour. Um, I appreciate it. And what are you talking about? Uh, you didn't give me any beer in the first place. I definitely did not just drink it immediately in order to get a little more out of you. Yes. Not what I did. But yep. what is that beer that I'm talking about anyways? You're talking about the Patsy I don't know why I said Commit. It. It just yeah, felt yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, this is a Barley Forge Brewing beer. They're out of Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. Sure. Costa Mesa, California. We're getting warmed up here, everybody. It's close We're to just... Costa Mesa. Sure. I've heard. Words are hard, dude. This is a beer. Why is there like a registered trademark thing after Patsy on they, this paper? They just wrote that on their website. It's a little aggressive, guys. Yeah. All right. So let's see what they have to say from their website. The Patsy is a Barley Forge Coconut Rye Stout, winner of a prestigious 2018 World Beer Cup Silver Award in the field beer category. What's a field beer? Uh, we're gonna. I'll tell you. I'll tell you as soon as you're done reading the description. Read that knowledge. Brewed with U.S. two-row malt, flaked rye, chocolate rye, and various English specialty malts, this medium-bodied beer features a rye spiciness balanced with dark chocolate and espresso as well as copious amounts of toasted coconut. This beer pairs well with pulled pork, braised brisket, gorgonzola cheese, and chocolate desserts, but not all at the same time. Right, ugh. That sounds like garbage. Yeah, uh, while you're formulating your your taste and your opinion here, um, a field beer I think is something we've covered before. It's basically any beer that uses vegetables as an adjunct in either the mash, kettle, primary, or secondary fermentation. Um, and sometimes it's very obvious or subtle, so somehow I guess that disqualifies. Hmm. What do you think? I wonder if coconut would be the... I wonder, too. The adjunct here. Hmm. Interesting. We can look more into that as we uh, we get going here, I'm sure. But I'm always a little bit hesitant on on beers with rye. I'm, like Sierra Nevada rye... Uh, what is it? Ruthless, Ruthless. rye. Was kind of my first... Um, first, like, opening into that doorway. I walked through and said, you know, not maybe not for me. And I backed right out and I closed the door. Yeah. And I don't think that this one's going to change my mind. The rye is such a um, specific flavor, especially when added to beer. Like, if it's a rye whiskey... Sign me up. Mm-hmm. All about it. But it like brings such that weird um, savory spiciness to it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't know if it necessarily works for me with the, the coconut parts of this. I, I thought this was interesting for that reason because uh, rye and coconut stout don't really seem like they would traditionally mesh well. Right. Seems wonky. What do you think? Is it wonky? Yeah, I, I think if you're if you're if you're into this, and I think it's fair to say we both have open minds when it comes to trying new and fun beers. I think that's one of the things oh, that I about beer. Okay. That dig, was dig most about about this show is I get to try new beers that I often have not had. Um, and most of the time, uh, my mind stays open, and oftentimes I enjoy those beers. A whole new world. But this time, it's I don't know. I don't think it's for me. There's there's maybe not enough of that coconut coming through, and I'm not sure if it's because of the rye just masking it and, or bringing out other flavors that I don't associate with coconut maybe, and it's just not, not what I'm used to tasting. But I don't know. It's somewhere between sweet and spicy and... Um, it's missing the mark a little bit for me. Yeah, there's a little bit too much spice on the end. It really could be a little bit sweeter to balance out that rye punch. 
Because that rye really just rises up to meet you. Yeah, right get at it? the end there. Hey, yo. Oh, R-Y-E-S. It rises, rises. up. I, I do say you get a lot of, uh, I don't know why I said that like I was speaking old English. I do say. I you, do say. You get a lot of the, uh, the vanilla, the coconut on the nose. I don't know if you had a chance to really smell it, but mm-hmm. it's bubbling right out of the glass. It's it's all coconut. Um, and I think that's sort of confusing me a little bit because I was expecting just super coconut forward. Um and it's not that. It's a little more complex, which can be good. Um, yeah. And I'm curious to see as it warms up if I change my opinion on it. Um, so I don't want to give it my rating yet, if that's okay with you. That's fine. I think I'd probably do the same. It's uh, it's a little bit one of those beers where usually I'd say, because usually I, I always say like less sweetness. Sure. You know, and maybe less chocolate, less vanilla, more beer flavor. But the rye is so upfront, at least on the initial taste on this, I would definitely like to see the rye toned down up like the milk chocolatiness of this beer. Yeah, definitely. If, if it had more of a milk chocolatey with a little maybe vanilla even to really bring that coconut right to the front, I yeah. think this beer would do a lot more for me. Uh, but as of right now, it's just a little too sharp and kind of rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. It's got a great nose on it, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, the nose of Noah from Omnipolo. Sure, sure. It has that um, like soft serve ice cream cone smell to it. Like, you know, when you eat a vanilla ice cream cone and then you just eat yeah. the cone part? Yeah, I gotcha. That's the best part. I don't think we said this at the beginning, um, but it's 6.6% with 37 IBUs. So it, you don't expect it necessarily to hit you super hard. It's a pretty light stout, as stouts go. Um, and and I'm almost, like, kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, like, almost ex- almost wanting a little bit more body with as much of the intense flavor that I'm mm-hmm. getting. Um, that might be what's throwing me off a little bit. Like, it, I think I need a little bit more to it if it's going to be throwing this many different... Um, curveballs at me flavor wise. It's definitely bitter and dry on the finish too. Yeah. It does not finish smooth at all. It's interesting. My, my prediction for a couple minutes from now is that I'm going to circle back around and really appreciate that this beer is so weird. Um, and that it's unique and I'm into that aspect. And I think that's going to affect my rating positively. Yeah. It's, that's one thing that it is in its favor is that it's kind of a hot take. I mean, we've all had coconut stouts and we kind of know what to expect. So also, I think we should throw out too. I've said this before about coconut beers. I am not a fan of like when it's just all coconut, like that's not what I'm saying. This beer doesn't have, I don't want it to be just a pure coconut in your face kind of Mm -hmm. beer. I think that's not subtle, nor do I find it interesting or really enjoyable after about a sip. Like death by coconut from Oscar blues. It's good. It's fine. But I'm thinking even more of like that um, beer's the most coconut ever. I think there's another one that we've almost maybe even done on the show. Um, or maybe I'm confusing it with a vanilla beer, but like sometimes vanilla and coconut are very similar in that people can just overdo it and it becomes so unenjoyable. Um, that you lose anything besides that one main flavor. And also the coconut, if it's done in a way that tastes artificial, you can really get yep. a uh, a sunblock type feeling, like you just licked a Hawaiian Tropic model, Yeah, which in its concept sounds like a good idea, but in its application, it's just sad. Yeah, it's like the, like the banana boat, especially like that yeah, old yeah. school like brown sunscreen bottle. It's like that exact same thing. Yep, that smell. Um, I've had beers that smelled like that, and I couldn't drink them. Yeah, it's funny on those beers. Like you'll see, you'll see a lot of beers tout like made with all natural ingredients or flavors mm-hmm. and those beers will be like made with natural made with natural and artificial ingredients mm-hmm. it's covering that's all of them that's like you that's just made all with the, all the ingredients just made with <laughs> ingredients <laughs> i don't i feel like i'm ripping somebody off there i don't know who but i feel like that's a comedy thing that i've heard well when it comes to beer it's your joke now deal yeah nobody yeah. else can take that from me this is artificial regular there's that's all the ingredients. It's organic and non-organic. Yeah, just, yeah there you go, right. All right. So I'll, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Sounds real familiar. Well, it's just it's that kind of hypocrisy of ingredient usage. You did not let that warm up very long. I did. I was holding it in my hand. I had only had a little bit left because of that tiny pour you gave me right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna give it a six point five. Hell, I'm gonna give it a six point six to match the ABV. Ooh. Uh, it doesn't make a big difference to me. So I'm gonna say six point six. The the interesting qualities of this save it from being like a four for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's it's not well balanced. Uh, in what way? What are you getting too much of or too little of? Too much bitterness. Too much aggressive bitterness that's just too sharp. It's too biting. It's like when you have a coffee beer and you get too much bitterness. Like they just didn't use good coffee uh, where you want like a round earthiness or even like the fruitier notes. But instead you get just bitter like harsh acidity i think that comes through entirely too much in this beer sure it's just too pointy and sharp and abrasive on the front end and then it doesn't finish well either yeah i 
Yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from. I think for me, it's not that it's too bitter. It's just, I think it's too spicy. There's too much of that peppery rye thing for me. And it's like my brain just can't wrap around um, like the, the sweetness of the coconut and the spiciness of the rye just doesn't compute Yeah, for me. And it's that obviously purely personal thing. Somebody might taste this and love it because I don't think it's a poorly made beer. That's the thing. This beer tastes exactly like the can would make yeah, you think it's going to totally. taste. Yep. So... If you're looking for this, it's exactly as advertised. Yeah, so I think to to Barley Forge to their to their uh, to their testament of uh, making beer, mm-hmm. you've done well. Um, but did we say how much this was already? Three bucks. Three bucks at Spike's Bottle Shop. Probably other wares around if you guys are not in Chico or uh, you live maybe not on the side of town. Um, obviously, Spike's has a great selection and probably one of the best in town, if not the best. We used to say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so grab it there. It's three bucks if you're out buying. You know whatever you might be buying for the holidays around now. Yeah. Grab a couple cans of this, surprise people. You're out getting a nice holiday ham. Yeah. You need a beer to wash your shopping stress away. Yeah. And you really want some rye whiskey mixed with coconut stout. It might go good with ham. You know, it would be, be really good if you boiled it down with like brown sugar yeah, make and then glazed, glazed a ham with it. Yeah, there you go. I have to tell you about my signature ham glaze. Okay, real quick then. So I'm going to say 6.6. I'm going to call it um, like a 7.3. Okay, 7-3 for you. I love um, it. It is definitely not my favorite beer, but it is well executed. Yeah. I think uh, for me to judge it harshly would simply be personal preference. Sure. So if I was just giving this a score out of my gut feeling, it'd be like a three. But if I'm acknowledging the fact that it's, it, it is exactly as advertised and they didn't screw it up, like it's a well-made beer, it's just not my favorite. Yeah. It gets a 7-3. Fair enough. So that is the Patsy from Barley Forge Brewing Company out of Costa, Mecca, or Mesa, depending on what part of the land you're from. It's Costa Mecca, bro. Get it while you can. Moving right along. Johnny. Get it while it's What is this glaze you're talking about? Oh. Did you actually want to reveal that on the show? It seems like it might be a close family, personal, kind of kill you if you knew secret. It's medium. Okay. Then, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to know. Yeah. Can it can it be used on anything besides pork? Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah, I've Tell done, me. I've done chicken with it. So I take like... um like a 20-ounce Coca-Cola, put it in a saucepan. Then I take two cups of brown sugar, put it in there. So you would say this is a health-forward type. 100%. This is very good for you. This is for your diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. It's for your diabetic grandma. Yeah, great. And then you simmer that until it becomes syrup, essentially. And then you add, I don't know, whatever amount of bourbon looks good. Sure. And then you add pineapple juice. Just all at once, or do you kind of like add it in to keep the consistency? Of uh, the, you uh, want it thick, but mm-hmm. I mean, it will thicken up. And if it gets too runny, you just add more brown sugar because the brown sugar will kind of caramelize and mm-hmm. get gooey. Uh, but then you just baste that onto like whatever you're cooking. Right. It's so good. Yeah. It's super bourbony. Yeah. It works well with ham because like you could take out the pineapple and like if you're doing chicken, right, maybe right. put like an orange in there. Ooh. And do like an orange chicken bourbon brown sugar type thing. Interesting. Yeah. That's great, man. It's fun. Well, I want to talk about what's got me hot this week. Do it. Uh, you listening don't know this, but Johnny, you do. You have eyeballs mm-hmm. uh, and you came here. We are back down to our secondary studio this week for episode 101. And we're going to keep this way for a little bit. Um, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that means my garage. That's right. We're back to the fresh hop garage. Yeah. And we've uh, kind of changed a couple of things down here since we were here last winter. Um but I think, to me, it feels very good. It's been this way for a few days. I was going to send you a photo, and then I figured I'd just wait till you till we recorded. I like it. it I feels, do too. It feels familiar. Yeah the the monitor is an upgrade. It's a larger monitor. We have um we've always had down here like a secondary monitor, but uh, this is like twice as big. Mm-hmm. So when we pull up stuff about movies or beers, we'll both be able to read it without squinting and getting headaches from all that. That's right. Um. So I'm very excited about that. It's got it was. Long time coming, me cleaning out this garage for the season, and I had just like piles of music gear and blankets and clothes that are still down here that I got to take upstairs to wash, and uh, it was a nice day. I spent like eight or nine hours moving stuff around. So that's what's got me hot this week, my friend. I like it. Do you have a hot or bothered? I have one of each. Hit me. Which do you want to start with? Uh, always bothered. I like to end on a high note, so. Yeah. So uh, I, I did. I definitely did want to talk about this on the show. Did or did not? I did. Okay, so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um so my wife got roofied Sunday. Ah, all right. Yeah. Let's talk about it. This is it. the hot? No, this is the... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the bother. You sick bastard. I kid. I kid. No, we can laugh now because nothing Everybody's super safe. bad happened. Sure. Everybody's safe. Uh, but yeah, so that happened Sunday early evening at like 7.30 p.m. at a local bar here in Chicago. Sure. 
It's also worth noting, like I, I've had friends and it seems like a thing that's happened very recently. Like uh, about a month ago, I also had a, a close friend of mine get roofied at a bar, mm-hmm. a different bar, um, which I'm not sure if is that's like better or worse. Like obviously if it were the same bar, I'd be like, ah, there's a problem there. Yeah. Or, but maybe it's like a problem with our town and I don't know what's happening now. I don't, I've never had a close friend of mine get roofied before. Yeah. Uh, definitely not two close friends within the span of like a few weeks. Yeah. Neither, neither have I, I've never been around anyone that's been roofied. Um, and it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen in person, especially cause I mean, it's my wife I'm dealing with and like taking care of, uh, when she loses all motor function, Yeah, you know, like can't even get up off the floor. It was, it was terrifying. It could have been a lot worse. I'm glad I went and got her when I did. And I got her friend home safe too. Um, it's just one of those weird things that it it's bred a lot of anxiety for her this last week. That, that just like looking over your shoulder constantly, right? You know, I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, so that's a thing that we've been dealing with, and I think that's a pretty legitimate bother. Yeah, I think it's good to look out to. Like, if I don't know, I've never really had to consider the actual symptoms of what that looks like. Yeah, like firsthand before, but I think it's good to look out for. You know, like getting really wasted really quickly like you get your first drink from the bar and then you can't speak like that, that's that's the thing when i did give away when i picked her up um i had found out the next day that she'd only had about four drinks yeah which over is, the course of like many hours like a few hours yeah so it wasn't an, an extravagant amount but the 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 early onset symptoms of certain roofie drugs particularly ghb which is i'm pretty sure what she got slipped because it's the easiest to procure and also make yeah. And I don't really care if anyone knows that. It's just despicable. Sure. You know, that you can make it in your kitchen. It's like gross. Who yeah. would want to do that? Yeah. Um, but one of the earliest symptoms is being like super hammered when you haven't drank that much. Yeah. So it's like you've had like three beers and all of a sudden this person's like slurring and like stumbling around. Like they don't get like that after four beers. Right. You know? So it was pretty crazy, man. It was uh, something I wouldn't wish on anyone. So, you know, except maybe the people that did it, except maybe the people that did it. They definitely have more than that coming. But yeah, it's such a tricky thing too. Like we were talking about it earlier. Like it's so, even if you have security cameras, like it's such a quick thing. Yeah. And it's so sad that the, the drugs leave your system so fast. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I talked to a friend who's actually a nurse at the hospital here in town. and, And she was saying that if you don't get tested kind of like while you're blacked out, the drugs are already gone. Yeah. Like if you get tested the next morning, doesn't matter. It's poof gone. Yeah. I, I think that would be something that uh, we should definitely like verify. Like if you're, if you wake up the next morning, maybe still go in. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm not totally positive on that, but it, I'm sure like the well, time she, span is. I like, was texting the nurse the next morning yeah, man, and she's like, it's already too late. Man. But that also could be specific to the particular drug. It like could maybe, be. Maybe there are types of roofies. That, maybe. I don't know. She said literally if it's the next morning, it's already too late. Yeah. So as sad as that is, I think the bottom line is if you're out, take care of your people. Yeah. And if you see someone behaving in a way that's abnormal, take them home Yeah. and don't leave them. That's, that's real key right. here is yeah. make sure that they get to bed safe and they're sleeping on their side. You know, we we're an alcohol podcast. We sure. take ourselves not very seriously, but except when we need to, except when we need to, you know, and I had to stay up all night and make sure my wife was sleeping on her side because yeah. I wanted to have a wife in the morning. Sure. So take care of each other out there. It's, it's hard to be a human these days. And unfortunately it's still hard in some instances to be a woman yeah, in this world. Enough. And I'm not happy with it. I wish it wasn't like that, but it is. So keep an eye on your, your people's drinks out there. So, so what's got you hot? What's got me hot is a band that I recently discovered on Instagram. Uh, I follow a page it's called weedians it's w-e-e-d-i-a-n-s okay it's all like stoner doom sludge metal stuff that i like that we kind of talked about a little bit in the past yeah um it's that one right there got it uh so i uh, follow that page and every once in a while a new band will pop i've never heard sure and i really like them and then i click them and i give them a follow and this happened with this band uh, help me with what you think they're called so i think looking at it i would say Glass Goate. I'm going to say Glass Goat. So it's spelled G-L-A-S-G-H-O-T-E with an underscore PDX if you're going to find them on Instagram. Yeah. I'm going to go hard and say it's Glass Goat. Okay. Uh, they just put out their first album like on Halloween, and they're pretty much a local band out of Portland. 
And I got an e, uh, not an email, but you know, they posted that they are doing, or they did like 125 of their first record on vinyl. Yeah, it's a limited run. Just a limited run. It's really cool. Red and black splatter. So I jumped all over it. Excuse me. And uh, I really like their stuff. So I figured Sweet. I'd try and support some local music, even if it's not local to me. It's still rad and independent right. and super like homegrown as of right now. And we had to talk about uh, specifics of uh, colored vinyl versus mm-hmm. like black or like painted or transparent. Uh, this one is not black, right? This isn't just like regular, saying your old grandfather's vinyl. That's right. This is something else. It's a red and black, like a swirl pattern. Love it. It's really cool. I'll uh, I'll post some pictures of it on our Instagram story once I get it. Great. Um, would you be okay with me playing a little bit of that and then maybe going to break? You should definitely play us to break with the new song. Excellent. And we'll uh, I will I'll let you tell the name in just a second. I was going to say we'll come back. Uh, we're going to talk about Wreck-It Ralph or Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's not even called Wreck-It Ralph 2, I don't think, technically. It should be. Yeah. It should be called Ralph Wrecks the Internet, which is something they acknowledge in a trailer, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. And we'll come back and talk about that right after this song and this break. What's up, ladies and germs? Go drink at Secret Trail every Monday. Do you know why? Because they release a one-off beer that's super rad, and you'll never get to drink it again. Yeah, it's crazy. If you guys haven't been down to their Explorer series, you gotta go. They're open every Monday from 3 to 9, and this week they got a special collaboration beer. That's right. Direct from the brewer, the knowledge is in. They have a cold brew Ethiopian coffee from Tender Loving Coffee right here in Chico, and they put it in their barrel-aged Baltic porter. They're calling it Ethiopian, and it's killer. Yeah, head down to Secret Trail uh, right here on the south end of town on Myers Street, specifically at 132 Myers Street, or find them on social media at Secret Trail Brewing Co. Live and drink off the beaten path. Go, oh no, I'm freaking out hard. If I'm not a racer, what am I? Oh, you're my best friend. All we gotta do is find a part to fix your game. Everything goes back to the way it was. But where are we gonna find that? The internet! What? That is the trailer for the sequel to the 2012 film Wreck-It Ralph titled Ralph Breaks the Internet. I can't stop twerking. I know. It's a, it's a crazy beat, man. Uh, this film was directed by Phil Johnson and Rich Moore. Video game bad guy Ralph and fellow misfit Vanellope Von Schwitz must risk it all by traveling to the World Wide Web in search of a replacement part to save Vanellope's video game Sugar Rush. Uh, which I, uh, reading this now, I've just realized that's like Sugar Crush. Candy Crush. No, Candy Crush. Thank you. Never even connected that. Uh, in way over their heads, Ralph and Vanellope rely on the citizens of the internet, the netizens, to help. <laughs> it's a funny synopsis. <laughs> to help, I can't believe I haven't read it before this, but to help navigate their way, including an entrepreneur named Yes, who is the head algorithm uh, and the heart and soul of a trend-making site called BuzzTube. Can I just say that every time they said yes, yes. I heard you say it. Sure. When you say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, this film stars John C. Riley as Ralph, Sarah Silverman as Vanellope, Gal Gadot as Shank, the uh, rebellious great driver slash role model for young Vanellope slash unsettlingly attractive cartoon. Weirdly, yeah. Everybody's like so like everybody is perfect in animation form. There's no def- there's no like like mist. There's no there's nothing. There's no wrinkles. Yeah. Everybody is very attractive in cartoons, like not sexually, but like that's just, just how, like good looking. They look good. That's just how Gal Gadot looks. Oh, you're just talking about only her. For well, you? no, obviously, but she was like, um, like actually like more humanoid, whereas Ralph is obviously very not shaped like a normal I don't know, person. Man. I've seen more people shaped like Ralph than I have uh, <laughs> um, Shank. So you know, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. This film came out on November 21st. Yeah. It's an hour and 52 minutes long, which is very, I think, long for a, a 
kids movie. It was. It is rated PG. It's built on a production budget of $175 million. And as of the 28th of November of 2018, it's made $91,887,000 and roughly $860. It's so crazy that a movie that's all CGI has such a big budget. I don't think so, man. Like when you take into account the um, the amount of ticket sales that are probably increased by families. Mm-hmm. Like in the way of kids' movies, like you're going to have kids, and oftentimes there's more than one child in a family, and then they can't go by themselves, so the parents have to go. Like there's, there's probably more profit from a kids' movie a lot of the time than an adult movie. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that there's a larger budget for it. It's just fascinating that it costs so much to make this movie that was mainly done with computers. Yeah, yeah. I it's uh, it takes a lot of people, man. I don't know if you like every yeah. time you stick around for like a um, the credits, it's just like. Mm-hmm. It seems like they go on almost longer. Like none of these people are actually seen on screen or heard. Right. So the talent, uh, quote unquote, is just voice acting from main actors, and the rest of it is design. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I get I, that's yeah, that's a lot. Literally, this whole movie was made by behind the scenes people. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into more of the cast later because there's especially there's like this. We'll get into scenes too, but there's a whole scene with like Disney princesses. Yeah, and a lot of uh, the newer princesses, like from the past. I don't know, seven to 10 years. Yeah, just the modern Disney. Era. Yeah, are acted or voice acted by the, I guess they've always been voice acted, mm-hmm. uh, acted by the <laughs> the actresses that uh, portrayed them in the original films, like yeah. your Frozens and your Moana, uh, Brave, that Princess, sort of thing. Princess, Princess the, Frog. the Frog. Sure. Um, so I guess I want to just start, we won't be able to tackle some of the um, normal things that we do. Like I, we could, I guess, go into production design, but it's not the same as we would normally talk about as far as like blocking a scene or designing a set because it is all digital. Um, but I think there's still some merit to be had in the voice acting department, but I'm more curious in general to get your overall takeaway from the movie if you enjoyed it and what or what you didn't enjoy. Yeah. Overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time watching it. Uh, I was surrounded by tiny children. Yeah. What time did you go see this? What time of the day? 3.40. On a Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really amusing hearing all their giggles yeah. and their like responses to the screen. Uh, I resigned myself to the fact that there would be talking and loud children uh, before I went in just because I knew I couldn't be pissed at kids for being kids. Sure. I'm in their world. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not like we're seeing a, a an R-rated art film at the pageant. Right. So that was really fun. Just It made me enjoy it a little more hearing all these little kids enjoy it so much. That added to the overall feel. Uh, this movie was... I mean, fairly straightforward in its writing. You know, it had like a a plot that was not like crazy with twists. Uh, there was a couple little ones that were fun. Uh, there was some scenes at the end I really enjoyed. Overall, it had a really nice color palette to it. The whole movie was gorgeous to look at. It was very visually appealing. I find that a lot in kids' movies just because they have to be to keep the attention I think Moana, like just how amazing the water looks and all the backgrounds are just so eye-catching. Uh, I loved a lot of the pop culture references references in this. That was pretty cool. Uh, overall, I thought it was a, a fun time and it had a bit of a, a moral to it and it taught some good lessons maybe, which I thought was cool. And uh, yeah, overall, it was a fun time, man. I liked it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. I think um, the the trick... In, in a movie like this, like you have sort of this culmination of um, what I, what I thought of as similar to ready player one. Like you have a, you have this, well, whereas like ready player one would be the Oasis, you have the internet, right. And it's kind of this, this collection of pop culture essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was interesting to me was this movie trying to find its balance between just showing off Easter eggs and referencing things for probably more of the adult crowd to understand and going through the storyline. Do you think they struck a good balance? I, I'm I'm torn because on one hand, as as just like somebody who appreciates nostalgia, I loved it. Um, but from from a movie making perspective, I I was a little bit taken out of it. Um, specific, I guess I'll talk about some specifics here without spoiling too much. If you've seen any of the trailers, this won't be a surprise to you. But there's this scene where uh, uh, Ralph and Vanellope have kind of they're on separate missions in the internet. They have to raise money basically to repair her game, to buy something, buy this old steering wheel because a kid broke it. Uh, because Ralph fixed it. Because Ralph fixed it. <laughs> we should establish too, like in the beginning, Ralph is like, I love my life. It's the same thing every yeah, day. Every day is exactly the and same. And Vanellope's like, no, I, I lo- I'm so tired of my game. It's all the same. I know exactly what's going to happen. So they they're already have different goals. They're dreams, so mm-hmm. to speak. So he tries to like make a new 
uh, path for her. And then like the games are kind of like they're alive in the game. So she's steering her own car, but the kid playing the arcade game is steering it the other way. The wheel breaks, the replacement parts, 200 bucks. The guy that runs the arcade can't afford it, but the characters in the video games hear this Ralph and Vanellope go into the internet to go to the eBay store mm-hmm. in the internet and buy the piece himself. They overbid. They don't understand what money is. Yeah, they, they have bid to pay like- $27,000. All this to say they're on their separate missions to raise money. Um, and Vanellope ends up in, uh, what's the website? What's the Disney website? It's like my Disney experience or something. Something like that. It's I like, think it's Disney's actual website. Yeah, it's, it's a real website. Yeah. And, and we venture in there. And then that's like kind of the moment where everything's just like, it felt to me. Um, like the directors were just throwing things at you. Like, so you had Star Wars references. Oh, the Disney was just all the traditional Disney princesses. Um, there was a Stanley cameo. Yep. Um, and yeah, like all the Marvel stuff was in there. Um, which is all fun. Like for personally, really cool to see those things. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think to that crowd, to the crowd that is not like 13 and younger or even a little bit older than that, 15 and younger, maybe like the Disney princess stuff was for me the strongest. I could have sat there and watched them just like talk about stereotypes and cliches and just hear all of the princesses talk like, for days. I want that to be a movie. Yeah, I thought it was particularly interesting. Like, I want to talk about their clothes too. Oh, for sure. Like going back and forth though between like you have your, like your Cinderella and your Snow White who for some reason speak, it, what occurred to me is like old English type speaking, mm-hmm. which is not what it is. It's just old white women from the mm-hmm. 50s. Um, and then com- coupled with like, Elsa, or yeah, like just completely modern mm-hmm. speaking. I, I love that. I think it's probably like a seven minute scene mm-hmm. um, between the introduction and um, the sleepover type vibe. Um, so that was all really strong. I do think um, that that coupled with, with, I think it took away from the main story a little bit. I think it pulled me out of the emotional arc that they were going through. Um, I also think that if we can agree that the essential plot for this is, um, somewhere between Ralph and Vanellope finding a balance between their feelings and learning how to deal with their relationship. Like she, Vanellope's kind of on this self-exploration thing in terms of uh, getting a larger worldview and what she really wants. And Ralph is more learning to deal with his insecurities, which I kind of felt we were hit over the head with a lot of the time, but it's also a kid's movie. I think in the context of social media, there's some stuff about mm. bad comment sections and you oh got to ignore God. that. Like that's rough. Do that scene when he went into the, yeah, the sure. comments. Yeah. And then, like, just the distraction level that they're faced with in the internet, I think, is extremely pertinent to yeah. uh, children today. Mm-hmm. I think it was really cool to see that that concept put onto a screen um, in a very tangible way. I think going home as a parent with kids would be really great to be like, well, how, how do you guys think the internet is affecting them? Like, um, this probably started a lot of good conversations. Yeah. So I think on on that hand, this is a great movie to have. I really enjoyed this movie. There's a scene um, that kind of flips the trope of the Disney princess singing a song. Oh yeah, on its butt a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it was just this this whole run through of this giant musical number, but through the game called um, what's it called Death Slaughter Race Slaughter Race, and it's like all these juxtapositions of just like death and torture, but subtly it's not it's a kids movie still, yeah. but but it was um, it was on the nose enough to it amuse. Was, it was I thought it was brilliant. I thought yeah. that scene was brilliant. Also, there's a scene at the end where there's this musical montage kind of subtly happening underneath the actions of all the princesses saving Ralph, mm-hmm. which uh, already the concept of like the women, they even address it. They're like, Oh, a strong man that needs saving. That needs our help. I thought that was so great. And yeah. then like every little princess had, or uh, every princess had a little moment to help. And their like themes of their songs would come in. It was great. It was cool. Overall. I loved it. I did get a little bit tired by the end with kind of the main battle mm-hmm. scene. Um, I, I don't know. The resolution was very on the nose, but it has to be because yeah. again, it's a kid's movie. And I think yeah. if you're beating me over the nose with like, you know, you don't need to be possesses of possessive of your friends. Like you need to appreciate that people need space and people grow and learn together. And I think everyone, that's great. Like, everyone's dreams are different. Yeah. And you can't be mad at people for having different dreams and goals right. than you. Yeah. Overall, I think this movie is very, very well done. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again in a heartbeat, particularly if I had, Maybe a young cousin or a nephew or a child one day. Like, I, this is a great movie to show your kids. Totally. So I like this movie a lot. I did too, man. That's a great little breakdown. I'm glad you, you hit on some highlights that I I agree on there yeah, too. Yeah, sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out that you didn't really touch on was that everywhere in the internet is a physical location Yeah, sure. in this movie. And it is hilarious watching them mm-hmm. go from like A to B, from like a search engine to right. a website. Yeah, They like get squished into this little capsule and they like get taken there. 
it was it was amusing to see the internet breaking broken down as right. uh, like a physical location and a world that they're in. It was it was fun. Also, I feel like I'd be remiss. We didn't see this movie together, but I have to imagine you really enjoyed Gord. Uh, I, when I say Gord, I mean I can't. Well, I'll look it up in a second. But um, there's they're met by this guy who's essentially a a, a person or a personification of a pop up ad. Mm. It's like, do you want to? I don't know, whatever. Like, yeah. Do you want muscles and see, burn fat? <laughs> yeah. Or you know, is your wife cheating on you? They didn't use that one, but like, make, or make, make money, money playing play video, video games. games. So they go back to this guy, and he's got this little like seedy office, and it's essentially like a crappy corner of the internet, and he's got mm-hmm. this little assistant named Gord, and he'll just be like, Gord. And this little dude with the kookiest little eyeballs oh, on top great. of it, like this little, which means we have to talk about the other dude, the oh, sluggy fella. Yeah. But I just thought it was so funny. Like it had me like almost crying laughing yeah. by the last time you see him. It's like, <laughs> I love that. I he reminded it was so me funny. of a Jawa from uh, Star Wars. Jabba. Jawa. Oh, wait. Jawa is a species. Jabba is the guy? Yeah. Okay. Jawas are the little hooded creatures. Oh, oh, oh. From, wait, ooh, 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 from like Endor? The little bear guys? Those are Ewoks. Ewoks. Okay, sorry. No. What's a Jawa? Jawa? You, really? I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Bro, pull up Jawas. All right, sure. So I heard Jabba, which is what the older yeah, the Jab- sluggy dude reminds yeah. me of. So it was kind of an homage, but yeah, Jawas. And then, yeah, like they they make cool sounds. Oh, these guys. Yeah. Yeah, they're little guys in like the brown hoods. They play live on, some, I think, Tatooine. Play their sound. I can't do that. Nobody's going to hear it. For, uh, so I'm, I'm going to pull it up. All right. Let's, uh, we're going to go to a break pretty quick here. So maybe we'll do that when we come back. Oh, whatever. We still have a couple minutes in this segment. Um, but yeah, Jawas. Um, but yeah, he was awesome. Talk about his big slug brother. Right. I can't think of his name, but it's like in like the dark internet, they're trying to find a virus. They go to the dark web, which is like the dark web. Yeah. The most PG version of the dark web. Yeah. Right. So it's like that Ralph wants to find a virus so that Vanellope's not interested in a slaughter race anymore. Um, His guide is just like, all right, no matter what you do, don't look at his little brother. And he's like, oh, he's got a little brother. How cute. And he's it's like this growth in his uh, like chestal region, but he's this big slug that speaks with a uh, some type of intense accent that I can't place. Yeah, it was weird. Any um, the yeah, it's just like <laughs> and so. And he's like, "Oh, my cousin Gord," and it's like, "Okay, well, obviously those things are related." Uh, so I thought that was funny mm-hmm. personally. I really like Ralph's breakdown of uh, just. It reminded me of that scene in Austin Powers where he was trying not to reference the guy's mole. It's exact. I haven't seen that, but I know exactly. Like just yeah, yeah. Don't just the mention the one thing. Yeah, well, and there was so many good ones. There was like twenty of them just peppered in. Yeah, it's and a, it, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. it's like you got a, a parasite or yeah, you know what I mean. It was said, yeah. it was amazing. Uh, he was like, "Thank you for your assist neck." I mean, your assistance, the <laughs> yeah. cyst on your neck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was uh, it was very good. I realized uh, while you were searching that I don't have that track live right now, so we oh. can't play that at the moment so right. I, i'm sorry to disappoint you that's fine so we're going to come back in the danger zone with our second beer yeah. from mason ale works and humble c yeah it's a collaboration stout i'm i'm very excited um because i think it's one of the, it's a well i get we'll talk about we'll it talk after, about right? it but i'm but very excited yeah danger zone inbound here we go yes also which means if you haven't heard the show before we're going to spoil some things from ralph breaks the internet so if you're not looking for those spoilers yet go see the movie pause the podcast not in that order come back and finish it afterwards <laughs> just leave it playing and we'll see you in a second Okay, so scenario, you're sitting at a bar, uh, and you've had too many drinks, and you're about to fall off, but you catch yourself on a handle. That is a new definition for something that I'm going to call a handlebar, <laughs> which is how I want to start this, because I haven't made a good handlebar pun in a while, uh, and, and the record hasn't been broken. Haven't. But I do want to talk about a lovely Chico bar here and restaurant called The Handlebar at 2070 East 20th Street. They have a happy hour, seven days a week. Johnny, what can you tell our listeners about that? It's every day from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off every draft beer, and if Max is there, he will tell you amazing puns for the low, low cost of free. That's right. Once again, seven days a week, guys, from 2 to 6 p.m., get a dollar off every beer at The Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Okay, welcome to the danger zone. Ah, I'm scared. We are back. Uh, this seems appropriate. We promised a Jawa sound, and this is so. Wait, real quick, in case people didn't realize, a Jawa is a character from Star Wars. We uh, talked about it. Why would they not realize? I don't know. We glazed over it pretty quick. In it's, my brain, whoever just skips to the danger zone is going to be pe- real confused. Look, man, we promote the danger zone like this is a really fun thing, and it is. Because of these sounds. <laughs> I was, I, oh, still going? Yep. 
So that's a Jawa, essentially. Yeah, they're the coolest, man. Um, yeah, so they're like these little critters. So you were saying somebody from from Ralph Breaks the Internet reminded you of a Jawa? Yeah. The, the little gourd? The little gourd dude. Yeah, except the thing is, in Star Wars, they have these glowing eyes. He uh, does not have what I would call uh, glowing eyes. He's got maybe glossy eyes. Yeah. Crooked eyes that remind me of like a pug, but they're yeah. on the top of his head. Very funny to me is the point. Yeah, he was pretty hilarious. So anyways... All this to say, Max, um, tell the people what the danger zone is. Right. The danger zone is uh, we're going to spoil this movie. We're going to spoil Ralph Breaks the Internet. The other thing we do is cover our second and final beer. Um, like Johnny said before the break, it's a, it's a collaboration beer from Mason Aleworks and Humble Sea Brewing. Both of those are out of California. One is San Marcos. One is Santa Cruz, respectively. And when you open their cans, it sounds like this. That was weirdly satisfying. That sounded really good. It was like the best can opening sound I think I've heard. You know, I have a very particular set of skills. Right. So that's one of them. So this is an Imperial Stout. It's 9.6%. It's uh, uh, brewed with cacao nibs. Cacao! Dark red cherries. And I I don't know, man. I'm a little worried about this one because cherry, cherry is always a thing to me that can be so overwhelming. I'm not somebody who particularly enjoys uh, like a cherry forward drink in general, like Shirley Temple. No, no, no. Give it to me without that. I just want the Sprite. Don't mess with that cherry. I do like maraschino cherries, though, so it's tricky. I'm going to read you a little bit of knowledge from their can. Thank you. So this is a collaboration between Humble Sea and Mason, just like young Maxwell just said. And on their can, it says, With the holiday season approaching, in which many of us consume a massive amount of candy, uh, we called upon our buddies at Humble Sea Brewing, uh, and after several hours of drinking and shoving candy down our throats, we were able to create the ultimate holiday collaboration stout, a beer that gives homage to a classic candy, the Cherry Cordial. This again. A delicious and delectable bundle of ripe red cherries covered in smooth chocolate from Queen Anne's Chocolates. This was the inspiration for this oatmeal imperial stout brewed with 40 pounds of cacao nibs, 20 gallons of dark red cherries, and a ridiculous amount of oats. This opulent stout is sure to be one to savor with chestnuts roasted over an open fire. For best enjoyment, drink slowly in a rich mahogany rocking chair in front of a fireplace. That's great. I want to I love the word opulent, except I've never had the actual definition, but I've also never had a computer in front of me when somebody said it. It means ostentatiously rich or luxurious or lavish. Um I didn't say at the beginning this beer is called Queen Anne, uh which is clearly a reference to uh, the chocolate here. So, predictions on this. It's a it's a heavy stout. Do you think the cherries are going to be very intense? Do you think it'll be mellow? Do you think you're even going to like this beer, Johnny Summers? I particularly grabbed this beer because I thought I would very much so enjoy it. Uh, I am very hopeful because cherry cordials are one of my favorite candies. Uh, and also oats add a very, very heavy um, mouthfeel. So this is going to add a lot of viscosity. Uh, and it's going to do a lot of things that we want big thick stouts to do so you're going to get that big rich mouthfeel ideally that's what they're going for with the oats that's the sole reason to add them and it also adds a bit of a roundness to the flavor um what i'm hoping for is that the cherries come through subtly and sweetly but not overpoweringly and they mix well with the chocolate and i'm hoping for a well-rounded subtly sweet beer yeah i so i'm gonna say on the first pour I poured it relatively aggressively. I poured about three ounces of it into our little tulip glasses here, our little tulip tasters. Uh, very active carbonation. The head dissipated almost immediately. It looked real thick when I poured it. And you're seeing a bit of that still in the glass, but um, it's hard to say. I mean, it's jet black, real nice mocha kind of cream head. Um, have you yet had a chance to taste it is what I'm curious about. I am just rinsing my mouth out with some water before I can get a real solid grasp on what this beer is going to taste like. Sure. I do want to say that like the uh, the uh, can art in particular is very holiday, very festive. Lots of browns and reds and greens reminiscent of your traditional holiday stuff. Um, it's also been raining all week in Chico. So I think this is going to be uh, potentially very good for this weather. But after your initial taste, Johnny, what do you think, man? Oh, this beer is not fucking good. Oh, no. Ugh. No, nothing is okay. So, what is it about it? Because for me, my gut was like the cherry is going to be too cheesy. It's not, not cheesy. even close to sweet. No, it is so bitter. Okay. There's no chocolate. There's no cherries. Like if there is chocolate, this is like ninety percent baking chocolate. It kind of smells like rubbing alcohol to me. Ugh. Um, I still haven't tasted it yet, but it smells pretty aggressive. Uh, like like uh, intensely rubbing alcohol. Yeah, kind of dude. Or smell. Sorry. What on earth? 
Um, Dude, right. so this is not. I was gonna look for like a canning date. Are we but, drinking some shit that got recalled? Uh, should we shout out to like what we tried to drink for a second segment that didn't work? I was. I'm real bummed about it. Well, and, we were gonna drink that as like a sipper. Well, yeah, but I want to point out because I feel like this. Well, number one, this was given to us by, or at least procured for us by Cameron, who has been listening to the show since almost almost day one, I think. And this beer that I'm about to tell you the name of was bottled on October 31st, one of your favorite days of the year, uh, of 2016. Mm-hmm. So I've been sitting on it for a while, uh, and it's a tough love from Crux. It's an amazing Imperial Stout, probably in my top five. And uh, I was very excited because we were going to, you know, we did our 100 episodes, and we've, we're now on to the next 100, and figured we'd have a kind of commemoratory beer. And it would it had turned, I guess, maybe, you know, cellar aficionados can probably correct me, but it seems like maybe some air got in or the beer got out. And yeah, there was air on our beer on the cork on the outside of the, yeah. <sighs> like when you pop the cap, cause Crux has a cap and a cork and wax and on wax. the outside. And, and I'd been storing it uh, horizontally for it. So maybe somebody can tell me if that's not correct, but that was one thing we considered as a possibility, yep. but we're not a hundred percent. The point is it was a little bit, a uh, little bit tangy and um, sour and it should be like a very rich decadent stout. And yeah, so that was a bummer. Uh, all that to say, I was very excited for this beer to be uh, real good, and it sounds like it is not. Yeah, I was very excited to give this collaboration a whirl because I was super impressed with Cash, the coffee stout. Oh, you made a great face just then. Uh, yeah, that's exactly the face I made. Um, no, Cash, the coffee stout from Mason Aleworks, which is an amazing coffee stout, just regular, and they also barrel age it, and it's absolutely tremendous uh is a great stout it's a great everyday go-to stout yeah i love it and so when i heard that they did a collab and it had cherries and chocolate i'm like have to get it sure have to get it i'm psyched not psyched now no not no psyched um, at all that's my first drink i'm i'm not scowled i'm I'm not gonna have another drink (laughs) you scowled aggressively and i um Listen, yeah, like Johnny was saying, like Mason Aleworks clearly done some good stuff. Nothing about this beer is good. No. So do you have a number in your head? One. Ah, it's a one for me too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Got to use the air horn for the first time. I can, with full confidence, say fuck this beer. Yeah, it's a one for me as well, man. It's, this is, uh, it's no. I think I was in the middle of a compliment to Mason Aleworks. You've done some good stuff, but this, uh, my God, this is hard to drink. I think I'm going to go ahead and say that. This beer might have gotten infected, or okay, well, it's that's... just dog shit. I'm gonna go back to drinking the Tough Love. I'm just gonna pour <laughs> the, that. The instead. spoiled Tough yeah, Love. I like. No, there's man. still Vanilla Noir. Oh, that's true. We didn't mention that, but we did open up a Prairie Vanilla Noir to kind of cleanse our palates with something uh, at least very reliable and probably hard to mess up. That's a hard, hard one. Yeah, this isn't good. Um, I'm gonna drink it real quick. Are you really? Real quick. All right. Well, well once there's, again, there's nowhere else to dump it out. Sure. We've been talking about Queen Anne, a collaboration Imperial Stout from Mason Aleworks and Humble Sea Brewing. Um, can't say we recommend getting your hands on it, but maybe, maybe this is a bad batch. I'm not sure. Benefit of the doubt, I suppose. We have another can. Do you want to open it? <laughs> I do and I don't because like part of me wants to keep the hope alive. Like Maybe it's fine. Mm-hmm. What are the odds these are from different batches though too? None. Because like cans don't really Zero. get infected, right? There's nothing to It's hard to say. Yeah. They, an infection can happen anywhere in the brewing process. That's why there's such strict uh, bookkeeping. And when it comes sure. to step-by-step and sanitation, you can have an infection in the boil. Or, I mean, like um, okay, a- any sure. step in any of your equipment, there can get um, bacteria. Or, yeah, I guess so. it, I don't know what I'm thinking. Like, in my brain, it was like, no, it can only get infected once it's bottled or canned. But yeah. it's not like there's, like, somebody at the end of the line with, like, a spoon. Like, oh, yep, good, bottle, mm, good. Yeah, like, they're not tasting it every time. Like, well, I mean, ideally, you do have quality control at most of the steps along the way. Like, to what extent? Like, they're not trying it every 12 ounces for sure. Yeah, no. So, like, if these are from the same batch, it's going to be bad. It is the same batch because it's a collab. They only did it once. Oh, so there I you can go. pretty much guarantee sure. that this is from the same exact run. I wonder, um, maybe, I, I man, it's moments like this that I want to get an untapped profile, which is like a kind of like a beer diary. We've talked about Letterbox before. Why don't we have one? I don't know. We should do one for the show. I would love that, man. I'm, I'm not super active. Like I, it's enough for me to keep up with Letterboxd for movies. Same. Um, but I could I could be into the idea, especially since we do two beers uh, per show. You and I each kind of take one and review it. Um, I, I'd be into that. And mostly I would. the reason I brought it up is because I would love to see what other people have said about this particular beer. Because um, like I don't, we're not wrong. I don't think like it's not like everybody's gonna be like this beer is the best thing on the planet, and 
you guys have no taste. I don't, I don't hope, I hope that's not the case. I'm pretty sure we could pull this beer up on like untapped or, um, rate beer. Any of those sites. True. Um, let me see what I can do, but you're sticking with one. Yeah. I'm sticking with one. You did finish. Yep. There's your glass empty. Yeah, man. I had to make it go away somehow. Not a fan of this beer and it fucking sucks. Cause I love Mason ale works. I've yeah. had a bunch of their IPAs cause we're getting full distro of them now. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, so there's San Marcos. Yeah. Mason is. Yeah, so we get, like, all their fresh IPAs, like, and they're really good. Is like, that right? I bought a six-pack at Spikes the other day and drank it in one night. Like, it was really good. That's nuts. Yeah, I think that's a big testament to either the quality of the beer or the alcoholism level of the drinker. And sometimes gonna, it's both. I'm going to go with both. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I was with, like, five other people. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, oh. Just, we just stopped and grabbed a six-pack there, and we drank them all because they were really good. I uh, I want to point this out real quick. Uh, Daniel D on this is we're on Untapped now. Looking up his beer. Daniel D is drinking a Queen Anne by Mason Works, purchased at Spike's Bottle Shop. Whoa! <laughs> is the first thing uh, that comes up. Can we is, pull up his profile picture? Yeah, I wonder if. This I'm pretty is sure like, he's got no shirt on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is that what that is? I can't really click on it, but uh, I wonder if it's just like you guys are in Chico. We're going to show you the people near Chico. That's pretty cool if they do. It looks like a lot of his other pictures at the Goose. Yep, that's definitely oh, and the goose. Maybe the handlebar here. That looks like the handlebar. This is fun. We should. Uh, I think we should. We should make an untapped profile for the podcast. I think so too. I think that's going to be a personal journey of mine. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that this week. Everybody, follow us. Yeah, we'll we'll be probably at Fresh Hop Cinema or at FHC Podcast. Yeah, depending. we'll figure it out. The the reason for this though is that I'm looking at the activity on this particular beer. Can we get some averages as far as ratings? It's a three point eight eight, but that's only out off of five, of, not out of ten, just for the record. Yeah, three point eight out of five. So that's a pretty good rating. It's out of hundred and seventeen ratings. So pretty small sample size. Yeah, that's true. But a pretty small batch of beer, right? Everyone seems to like it. That's very interesting. I'd be curious to try this on tap somewhere. I think we might have to open the other can. Is yeah, do it, man. Is there a way to find out um, if there's a beer on tap by typing it in? Like, because I know a lot of bars have untapped uh, beer boards. If they have untapped uh, for their bar, yeah, you can search it and it'll show you. I can search the beer or the bar, both. Okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. So I know the handlebar has it. That's an easy one. Handlebar Chico, because uh, that if, if this is a thing that they have on tap, I'm for sure gonna make it a mission to go try. Oh wow! It looks like you can only search by. Okay, buy beer. Maybe, unless there's like a location setting somewhere. You know what? This is more of a thing. Once we understand the app, we should uh, not waste people's time now. I think. I'm going to waste it. That's the point of a podcast. Nope. We're <laughs> wasting their time. We define these things differently, but okay. Uh, you should search the beer and see what comes the, up locally. This is it. This is the beer search right now. No, you just searched. Oh, gotcha. Yep. But I can search it here, I suppose. Um, so I'm typing it now into, uh, here's the deal. If I'm going to search this now, you got to tell people what I'm doing. So he's typing in, into the search, the search, sure. the search bar. Uh, we're searching for the beer and I think that's just going to pull it up and take us back to the page. We were just on maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't, huh? That's weird. I know that on tap, you can like access bars and see what they have on tap. There's a, a tab up at the top yes. right by the untapped logo that says the pub. Yep. That's not what that is. No? Uh, nope, that's something else. Huh. But that's interesting. I clicked it this time, and it's a different um, a different profile. And this one only has four ratings. Wow. I don't like inconsistencies like this. I don't like when things are uh, not consolidated. I feel like if you're any decent type of social media type, uh, you know, platform, once you see, like, if you see, like, Queen Anne Stout or Queen Anne Imperial Stout, like those are not two separate beers, obviously. No, people Combine are, them. People are checking into the wrong or the right yeah, beer, totally. but un, under different a name, perhaps. So uh, we're obviously going to start an untapped account and sure. then immediately get a hold of them and streamline their app for them because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, it seems mostly fair. Obviously, we're better at it. It's like MoviePass. Uh, the app that I don't have anymore? Oh, yeah. I still, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cancel it. This week, for Better, sure. Better, because we're still paying for it. Do you have a card for Cinemia yet? No. Okay. I just emailed him about it. Is there anything else you want to talk about on Ralph? Let's bring this back to Wreck-It Ralph. I want to talk about the voice that. acting. Okay. Because it's the majority of the actual acting. Yeah. Uh, how do you think John C. Riley did? How do you think Sarah Silverman did? Those were the two main characters. We could talk about everyone else, but those are the two people that were the 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 line through the movie that was very consistent i think john c Riley has earned my respect since i honestly since king kong okay skull island or whatever it's yeah, called yeah. um 
it was the first time I had really seen him kind of, and this might just speak to my lack of film knowledge maybe, but first time I'd seen him branch out from the traditional comedy, especially like Will Ferrell adjacent comedy. Mm-hmm. He was just a standalone character, didn't take himself particular. What's the opposite of seriously comically? He yeah. kind of played his role straightforwardly, which I appreciated mm-hmm. seeing from him because like I'm not I'm not a John C. Riley Step Brothers or Talladega Nights guy. I hate those movies. Really? Usually hate those movies because of him. That's my main thing. Like I just don't like his humor hmm. um, or his his sense of comedy or his physicality when it comes to delivering comedy. So since King Kong and definitely since the Sisters Brothers, mm. I've earned mm-hmm. a lot more respect for him. So I was able to look at him or at least hear him, I suppose, in this movie and and, and not hear specifically goofball John C. Riley, though he plays a bit of a goofball. Yes. Um, as far as Sarah Silverman goes, don't have strong feelings about her as an actress necessarily. I don't like her stand-up. Um, really? And I don't like Vanellope's voice. It was kind of grating to me the whole time. Vanellope. Vanellope. Uh, so, that's, I mean. Yeah. And it's hilarious because it was totally just Sarah Silverman's voice. Just, yeah. And she's she's very distinct voice. Shrill. Yeah. I love her. Sure. I love her stand-up comedy. Um, she hasn't had that many roles as an actress. Uh, definitely know her more in in my personal experience from stand-up comedy, and I rather enjoy her. So okay. I was super amused to hear her in the role of Vanellope, and it, it definitely kept me engaged because I just kept picturing uh, Sarah Silverman like in the role of Vanellope. Yeah, sure. And it was amusing to me. There's a scene in this movie where Vanellope and um, – oh, come on, guy. Uh, Ralph? Shank. Okay. Are, are sitting down on the hood of a car kind of overlooking – the Valley of Slaughter Race. Mm-hmm. And Vanellope gets some advice from Shank, who is played by Gal Gadot. And I, I like had an effect on me. Like her Gal Gadot's voice is like so it's so soothing. It's and, like and, and silk almost like sheets no, rubbing no, 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 together. No. It's not even close to that sexual for me. It's uh it's like, no, she's got like a really calming, um, wise sense about her. And I think that scene was um, I didn't know who it was by the way. Gianna is like really good at picking out we saw it together, Gianna and I. She's like, Oh, that's John C. Riley. Okay, which I didn't know. Is that Gal Gadot? Okay, it is definitely. Is that Sarah Silverman? I was like, you're on point today. Um, but it was like a really—I I don't know—I was very impressed with that. Um, that character in general, given like what you would assume would be kind of one-dimensional, like bad chick that drives cars. Yeah, she's so much more than that. And I think um, I really appreciated the a writing for that character and then b performance by Gal Gadot. I think it was I think it was very well done. I didn't know it was Gal Gadot until mm. we sat down today. Sure. So that's uh, information. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people in this in this film. Like like we said, a lot of the uh, the more modern Disney princesses, and I just don't know the names of the original ones. But maybe it's the original ones too, not the original ones because I think they are dead. Probably the originals of the newer generation that yeah. we're familiar with. But like, um, i.e., Adina Menzel, uh, Mandy Moore from yeah, Frozen. Um, I can't, I never know how to pronounce the gal's name from Moana, but it's like Cravalho is her last name. Yeah, she's amazing. She's so good. Um, and there's like one kind of almost like a throwaway line from the brave character, Merida. Oh. And like and the whole thing Merida. is like, we can't understand her. We don't know. I'm basically looking at the camera like she's from the other studio. Well, it's because it was a Pixar movie. Yeah, which is funny. Yeah. Um, but it's like moments like that that kind of took me out. Yeah. Also, Brave was dope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never brave. saw The Princess and the Frog, though. So I couldn't test- I didn't testify to Tiana. No. We should watch that. Sure. I I don't I don't want to come off as um this being like heresy or anything, but like I'm not a huge like if Gianna ever listens to it, I'm like she knows. I'm not a huge Disney fan. Like I'm I'll watch a Disney movie. Um then I'll watch the the remakes coming out, like the the Aladdin and the Lion King. We should and, talk about that. All right. I'm I'm that's all I was gonna say. So let's talk about it. What do you think of it so far? the Aladdin? Yeah. Or like just all the live actions in general? Yeah, both. Um Aladdin looks great. Aladdin um, looks fun. I got on a high horse Ooh. the other night. Yeah. Sorry. Totally. Same topic. Did you see the new trailer for The Lion King? That's exactly what I was going to say. Bring And I'm so shit. glad you said it the way you said it because I was like, I, I must have been drinking or something. Like I was just sitting at home cleaning and like I had a couple beers and like I kept seeing people talking about like the live action remake of The Lion King. And like, I was like, bitch, it's not a live action remake. It's there's all no, animated. Like there's no people like dressed up as lions. They're not, or, and it's definitely not lions acting. It's CGI. It's it's an animated movie. It's just a remake. It's not. It doesn't. They don't have to be live action remakes. You psychos. Just it's just a remake. So, all that to say, it looks really good. It I looks can't wait fun. To see the remake of the Lion King. I'm ready to be hurt again. Mm-hmm. Mufasa Trample. I heard Donald Glover's in it. Is he? Yeah. 
He's great. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's Simba. No. Is that true? Pretty sure. That'd be, I mean, sure. I'd be super down to see that. Yep. I love him. He's great. Yep. Oh, wait. He might be in Aladdin. No. Oh, we have to look this up. I don't mean to get regional, but like Aladdin is traditionally Middle Eastern. Uh, Lion King is African. Donald Glover is a black man. That's it fair. seems like he'd be more stereotyping back to the Lion King. He'd fit in more there, probably as you're digging than a Aladdin. I know I no, am, but it, like he can't. You know, he can be anybody. Can be anybody, but what, yeah, he's not Aladdin. I've seen that actor. So almost made a joke. Not gonna sure safe space. No, relatively. it wasn't a joke. It was an observation. Okay, but then I realized it could be construed as racist. All this to say, he does play Simba. We have dug ourselves out of the hole. All right, cool. Yes, he does. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to hear that observation when we are not recording. Yeah, I will share. Great. Uh, I think I'm there with this movie, man. Yeah. I'm good with Wreck-It Ralph. I definitely don't ever want to drink that beer again. No, it was really bad. Are we, so are we not? Are we just going to say we're not opening the next can? We're just going to say it was not good? Let's open it next episode just for shits and giggles. We're not going to do that. If it stays here, it's going to get either poured out or drank. So I think we either drink it now and put it to bed or don't drink it ever and put it to bed with, with this first can. What we do decide. you think we should do? I think we should open it. I think if there's here, my man, if there's a chance that this is going to be better, uh, you do have to, oh, you're drinking it right from the can. Okay. What does your face say? Your Still face? shit. All right. Well, in case you forgot what we were talking about, that's the Queen Anne Imperial Stout. And it's not good for for our mouths. I don't want any more. Yeah. Oh, you you started and ended with an accent. I that We're done. That's it. My name's Max Minardi. My name's Johnny. We'll be back next week with more beer and more movies. Until then, Goodbye. stay thirsty and stay hungry in the eyes. Goodbye. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. <laughs>